You're listening to BNI, the Australian Story podcast, brought to you by BNI Australia, Australia's largest business referral organisation. For more information how your business can benefit from BNI and to find your local chapter, go to our website at bni.com.au. Now, here are your hosts, Veronica Lizamato and Brent Edwards. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 66 of BNI, The Australian Story. My name is Veronica, and I'm here with our Executive Director in Melbourne South and co-host, Mr. Brent Edwards. Hi, Brent. Hi, Veronica. How are you today? Look, I am navigating planet COVID craziness like everyone else, and I don't know if you've noticed, but every time you see someone, no one's saying, how are you going? Everyone's saying, what's COVID life like for you? And we can't seem to get past this conversation. It's just crazy, isn't it? Yeah, but we got to actually realise it's probably, you know, in the B&I world, only really half the country is, is sort of going through this at the moment. The other half is business as usual. But, um, you know, I'll just uh, thank God for uh, for a great home coffee machine. And um, just before we... <laughs> Just before we started recording, we we're talking about Veronica's partner, who uh, who, su- who supplies very good coffee. Who I got some off re- recently, so I'm just into that, and I'm quite enjoying that right now. And uh, the simple pleasures in in uh, in life that come from that. Well, it's uh, now more than ever. It's not what you know; it's who you know. And so many, you know, I wouldn't have got through COVID if it wasn't for the people that I knew and the connections that I have. And a lot of those, a vast majority of those, are people that I have met through BNI. So, you know, a big shout out to our BNI members and organisation, not just locally, um, but in Australia, BNI Australia, who've uh, not only supported this podcast, but they've done a great job of, at supporting members within Australia during this time. Yeah, and, you know, we've just come off doing, you know, we're in the midst of, uh, this has been recorded in uh, September 2021, and we're in the midst of doing uh, doing leadership team changeover and, and just the, the amount of people we're seeing on the, uh, on the leadership team, uh, Zoom national trainings where they're all connecting with each other. And, and I, I think our members who are, who, are go, who are in this COVID craziness are really enjoying actually um, connecting in the breakout rooms from the feedback I've seen with the other people in the room and just meeting some new people and, and getting out there, which is probably one of the benefits that has come out of this because we've actually gone into this sort of national training for leadership teams where we can actually connect with other people a lot more than we probably did before all this happened. And, um, you know, the, you see the people from the feedback and they just say, you know, especially our Victorian members, I'll just say, I've just loved catching up with people and, uh, and you know, getting another perspective from people in the breakout rooms as part of it. So um, that's been really keeping um, myself going over the last month because we've, we're highly invested in uh, in our leadership team training for the changeover. So, um, and for anyone listening, usually March and September is uh, is a crazy time for Ben and I with, with the leadership team changeovers that what we go through. So um, we've nearly uh, finished that and nearly ready for the new team to actually start, which is great. So speaking about connecting, which is a great segue to our next guest, because uh, unfortunately the podcast listeners don't get to hear all the conversation because some of it happens before we actually go to record. But uh, our next guest has a great uh, story about how she connected with another BNI member through our podcast. So why don't I let you do the honours and then we'll start talking to a very beautiful lady. So I'd like to welcome to 
being on the Australian Story podcast today, Sarah Markey-Ham. I think I've pronounced that right. I hope I have. Is that, is that close, Sarah? Sorry? Markey-Ham. Markey-Ham. Well, I think I, yeah, I was pretty close, close. to that. She is, yeah. uh, she is CEO of ICMS. So you have to explain to us what ICMS actually does, Sarah. Well, thank you for having me. It's been, um, you know, a great pleasure. And I genuinely have really enjoyed listening to the podcast since um, I found out about the BNI Australian story. So it's it's been great. But ICMS is stands for International Convention Management Services. So basically, well, in, in short, a conference organising company. But in our world, we call ourselves professional conference organisers or PCOs. Okay. So... Um... And you're in an industry that's really been affected by um, what we've been talking about, obviously, because, um, you know, the amount of in-person conferences uh, isn't really happening right now. So um, we obviously get on to how you're actually, how your business has handled that. I'm quite interested in that. But um, just what Veronica was talking before, you had an interesting story you were telling us before we came on about connecting with uh, one of our previous guests from episode 60, Tony Razzo, through the podcast. Can you explain how that all worked? Yeah, well, I have always, uh, and I would always listen to a podcast out in a walk or in the car, but one Saturday afternoon I was in the office just fixing a few things up, as you do, had the podcast on and I was listening to Tony and I had been in search of someone to help us write proposals because, um, yes, I love what I do and I'm good at what I do, but I don't really like talking about myself and pushing the business out. So uh, something that I really feel that will help me along the way of writing the podcast and I was listening to Tony, I thought, oh, I like you. I'm going to connect with you. So while I was on, while I was listening to the podcast, I found her website and then made it, um, sent her an email and I think the week after I had an hour and a half one-to-one with her. I like that story. <laughs> Oh, it's it's another, um, and what I'm really proud of what we're doing here, V, is we're able to connect people uh, through that, which we've seen, you know, several times now through what we're doing. So uh, that makes us uh, feel uh, feel warm and happy inside at the moment. So, um, Sarah, what chapter are you in in BNI? Uh, you're in Melbourne, and how'd you find out about BNI? Well, I am um, Platinum One chapter, which is a chapter that was only started I think December last year and up until November last year I'd never heard of BNI didn't even know it existed and um, there was a post on LinkedIn by um, from Michelle Gatsaburos who was talking about referrals and raising your profile and all those kinds of things and I thought well because COVID has hit our sector so significantly and, you know, we would get a lot of our business from big international meetings or people travelling and all those kinds of things. I wanted to diversify our, where we're getting our revenue from. So I went to my first meeting as a visitor on the 26th of November last year and joined, I think I filled in the forms over in early January to become a member. So wow, you so you're only very new. Sorry, V. I was just, I'm interested, did you invite yourself to the chapter or did um, you? No, Michelle invited me because I just responded to something. I think I'd connect, I actually already connected with her on LinkedIn because we're, we were, she was ex-hotels and um, I just, and then she sent me the invite from, um, from that yeah. point on. 
Okay, I'm interested in the use of uh, LinkedIn in regards to getting visitors along the chapter because um, like what I found with LinkedIn, I'm not personally a real big LinkedIn user, but what I found is either you're, you're all in or you, know, you pay lip service to it. Um, so obviously um, you, you're fairly well connected within LinkedIn and, and that was the influencing thing to, to sort of get you to the group. Well, I think when something like COVID happened in those disasters, you've, you've got to actually open your mind a little bit to change. And, I mean, change is not something I've ever been afraid of, but nor I've never really been an advocate for change for change's sake either. But, um, you know, when you everything is basically ripped out from under your feet, you need to start to think differently and, you know, you, the immense responsibility that you feel for, you know, a 50-year-old family business and the, and the team that you employ and all those kinds of things, you go into a survival mode and you then have to take, you have to be a little bit bold and a little bit brave just to, to go out there. And I'd spent a lot of time last year um, posting things on LinkedIn. I mean, I suppose that's one of these things when you're over a certain age and you've been around a while in the same sector, you have a, I have a fairly, you know, large connection base within LinkedIn. So I could actually gain that traction starting to talk about our virtual events and, and what we were doing with doing with all of that. So um, you know, it's like this week we're having a um a special grand final edition um chapter meeting and we we've actually got some guests coming through, coming in, talking about the 2016 grand final. Wow. And that is kind of what we're trying to do with it is actually be a little bit different. So, you know, posting that on LinkedIn and the other socials to engage with people is, you know, it's all about growing the networks for everybody. Yeah. Right. And being fairly new to being, we say fairly new, uh, joining in 2021, but that's nine months now. So it's, right. <laughs> it's, a, it's a while now when you actually look at it. Being an, an events person who's had their world disrupted and turned upside down how have you found the support of uh of being in bni in such that short amount of time well i there have been some really nice unintended consequences from covid and you can't i mean yeah it's been horrible i won't i won't deny that but there have also been some really good things that have come out of it and had it not happened i would never have probably joined bni i would never have met the people that i've met and not only have i met great people who can help me with our business. I've also kind of, I mean, I, it's me anyway, but I've leaned, I've leaned in. So our, when we decided to go into in real life um, breakfasts for our meetings, we, I organised for them to be at the MCG. So every, it was every third week and then we were going every fortnight. Then of course we got back into lockdown. So we're back on, um, back on virtual um, chapter meetings. But this week being the Thursday before grand final, we were planning an absolute boomer of an event. And um, I had this little dream being a Western Bulldog supporter that I am of having, um, being at the G, because we were there 2016 on the Thursday before grand final, having the dogs in the final. And I managed to... Con my way into getting um, Danny McGinley and Tom Boyd to come and speak to the group. Wow! So that is our that is our meeting on Thursday because I was listening to their podcast, and they were. <laughs> I thought I'd be a little bit brave and a bit bold and sent Danny a message to say, "I'll take you to the committee room at the MCC for lunch if you come and do this breakfast meeting for me." So um, that's what's happening. 
It really is. Um, and I think you've just touched on something that I don't think we've we've really overtly said, Brent, and that is um, being bold and brave during this time. And I know that we see it in what our members are doing and how they've pivoted and how they've survived and how they've continued to reach out and how they've continued to connect with each other and support each other. But I don't think we've actually said it like that, that we have been bold and we have been brave because it's the only way that you can get through this time. Sometimes it's about having uh, honest conversations with others and sometimes it's about having that honest conversation with yourself to say, you know, my business isn't working right now. What else can I do? I'm going to look on LinkedIn. Oh, there's an invitation to go to something. I'm not going to pull the covers up. I'm actually going to maybe have a look at that because I need to have a, a bold, brave conversation uh, and see how I can do this differently. And then you just continue that. And I think that's just fantastic that you've said that and, and pointed it out. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, being bold and brave, and a lot of people have a lot of fear in asking for something. If you don't ask for anything, you'll never get it. And if you ask for something, what's the worst they can say? They can say is no. Yep. You know, and, you know people getting told no, they, they treat it as a big fear. It's just a word, N-O. No. And, um, you know, that's the worst that people can say. So, you know, you've got to get out there and ask for stuff. And that goes to even with your <clears throat> even with your B&I team, you know, asking for the referrals you want and, and being specific and asking about it, asking for introductions to people, et cetera, during your presentation. Don't be scared to actually ask for those people because, you know, you never know who they know and, and you know, asking for their introduction, you know, the worst people can say is that no, but Sarah, you win the um, you win the prize for the coolest being on meeting venue we've ever heard on on here. Um, meeting at the Melbourne Cricket Ground, um, yeah. which is uh, which is an absolutely amazing venue, and I've been lucky enough to go there for a few B and I events over the time, but never to a chapter meeting. And uh, I remember years ago, I'm a Saints supporter. Years ago, we actually had a group meeting at the St Kilda Football Club in the old in the old grandstand, it was pretty ordinary. I can imagine. Uh, and we, we had to move one day when the cook didn't turn up to cook the breakfast. But uh, that's another story. But <laughs> um, So, Sarah, you're in a family business that started 50 years ago. Yep. And um, and you, you, you've been in this uh, event organising space um, and you've had your world disrupted. How has your business actually changed to actually adjust to this? Well, at the end of 2019, I now made a I've made a very serendipitous decision and changed platform providers for our registration software. We'd been with one company and I'd had a few staff that were fairly resistant to change. And sometimes in a small business, you just get to the point and go, I can't be bothered having this fight. And then they left. The door opened for me to actually change providers. And we were onboarding with this new platform February 2020. I was in Canada for a conference and then um, COVID hit just as we were getting back and these guys started to design a virtual conference platform attached to the system on the 13th of March last year. Wow. They so had it ready for us to use in July and we're now up to version 6 is about to drop in the next fortnight. So... What these guys did to help the industry, and God love them, they have not charged us any extra on our licence to use 
for that development. I mean, we're paying for other things like the 3D componentry and the actual broadcast um, part of it, but at, they realised if they didn't do something to actually help us all survive and being able to deliver really interactive and immersive virtual events, and they have really tried to um, emulate what is on in a in real life conference. So you've got your exhibition moves. I mean, my background is um, the lobby of one of our 3D portals for, for one of our clients. So, you know, taking people on those journeys and making everything interactive. And, you know, the apps talking to the virtual platform, you can have your events stream. You've got all these things that actually people are now really enjoying. And you know, we, we finished a, a conference last week and, you know, everyone's been sick of virtual events and I will probably... Um, trying really hard not to use Zoom now as a as an as a verb or a noun actually for for everything virtual because everyone now thinks that if you do a virtual conference it's just in Zoom rather than using some of the other tools that are available to make it a really interactive experience. And you know the clients last week, everybody was so excited how engaged the delegates were. Because so what are some of those that. tools what are some of those tools outside the, the video component? Well, it's it is about having that um, the one stop shop. So in say in the platform that we use, we have this meeting area called the meeting hub. So people can actually get into the meeting hub. Just say we're all online together. I hadn't met you, but I wouldn't mind having a chat. I know who you are. I send you a connection invite, or you can have that that functionality as you can just invite people, and you can have an online virtual conversation like camera to camera. Through, with, within the platform and you can send messages, you can connect. And the best thing about it is those connections that you make, you can then export that whole list of connections to your, you know, you can email it to yourself at the end of the event. So That's you, really important, it, isn't it? it? Well, it is a really important thing. And the, um, and the exhibition booths that you have, you can have videos and you can have meetings and, and all those kinds of things that, makes it a really immersive kind of experience. And, you know, I have been walking, as you can well imagine, I've been walking a lot of people through the portal over the last 12 months. And it is really one of those situations where you're only limited by your imagination. So, you know, we're now doing AGMs. I've got a little a package together. And this was where I was working with some of the other guys in our chapter that lockdown five, I ran down to um, the family holiday house and I was on a walk listening to Carol Dweck's mindset book. And basically that gave me that infidence and the kick up the backside to get out of my doldrums and see how we can turn the fact that Sydney's been shut down or New South Wales has been shut down into something as an opportunity rather than a negative. Because now that Sydney was shut down, our sector, now they all realised how hard it was and how they're actually going to have to provide those alternatives. So we're now going out with a, an AGM package for associations at, you know, it's almost a loss leader kind of price, but to get people using the system so they can see what the capabilities of it are. Yeah. Do you think um, Do you think this will sort of continue on in your industry after, you know, after the world sort of gets back to normal or there will be a component of it um, with I, the traveling list? I reckon that will always, at least for the next three to five years, there will be people who are either unable to travel, don't want to travel, um, not vaccinated, 
And and we've also we've got to look at this whole virtual component because it's been around in our sector for a really long time, mm. but it was always too expensive. Nobody wanted to do it, all that kind of thing. But you know, you've got to flip that and look at it as a growth opportunity. I mean, the conference that we did last week, this has purely been an Australian event. And because it was going virtual, we and it was all about traumatic stress. So they actually crowdfunded registrations for NGO workers in the field in Bangladesh, Afghanistan, Myanmar, for these people to actually, because it's virtual, they came in and got some of the content. So that's, wow. you know, one of those fabulous legacies of this investment into having really good low barrier to entry um you know virtual platforms that you can take to the world and there's some really good stuff that goes on in this country that a lot of people especially in the northern hemisphere don't like traveling don't want to do this it's too far that we can actually now use it as a growth yeah and i you know i think especially with international stuff i, I think it's going to be really for a lot of people it's going to be really cost prohibitive as well because I yeah. think it's going to, uh, going forward, it's going to cost probably about four times the amount that it used to uh, before this to travel as all the uh, as all the airline industry sort of scrambled to uh, to to make up their losses over the last, you know, 18, 18 months, two years. I think it's going to be, uh, it's going to be something that's probably going to be a bit more, a bit more widespread because people will say, yeah, I want to travel, but, and then they go and, book some flights and you know it's, it's you know it's four grand to fly to the states and they go well hang on i used to be able to get that you know get that ticket for a thousand dollars um yeah it's a bit different now so um so what's your favorite story and what you've done uh and who you've helped over that time because you've been doing this for a long time yeah i well i've been in the family business for 28 years full time now from my life in hotels beforehand but dad was is one of those people that you have to earn it. So I went out and slept in restaurants and front office and all that kind of thing. But my favourite story is, I mean, we have a lot of longstanding clients, but um, one that I have been involved with from the get-go has been with the Australian Childhood Foundation. But I've when I first became involved with them, they were the Victorians Against Child, Child Abuse and Neglect. And Joe Tucci, who is the CEO of the organisation, wanted to do a conference to then either educate people about the trauma that young, you know, that children who have been abused um, need to actually try and help them get over this trauma. And we ran this conference, it was what, 1998, and we did it just after Easter at the old convention centre because in those days nobody did conferences in April around Easter because it was cheap, we got them a good price, and we did the conference. And Joe and I had stayed in touch and he would, he, you know, a lot of people have never actually managed a conference from that side of it, from the client side. It's a bit of an awakening as how much effort is required about putting the product or the program together to go to market. So Joe needed a bit of a break, but he rang me about 2011 and he said, oh, Sarah, you know how I said I never wanted to do a conference again? I said, yes, Joe. Well, I've changed my mind. And what they had been doing in that in-between time is running to it, bringing out the big names in the U from the US, and a lot of this work is in the US, some of it in Europe, but mainly in the US, bring them out and they would do a tour of these people around the country and they would get three or 400 people in every city. So he knew he had a market. So he had this fabulous vision of bringing all the big names in this field to Melbourne and having a one a week long conference. 
So we, we planned our first one for 2014. It was so successful, we actually had to stop selling tickets, which I've never had to do in my life because we just didn't have the space and the catering space at the convention centre to actually fit, to actually feed them. And, you know, that was about 2,500 delegates. But And then we went to 2016 and we made it even bolder and 2018 was even bolder. And, well, 2020, well, hopefully that'll happen um, in 2022. But the best thing about this is that, I mean, when I first started working with, um, with Joe, they had 12 people in Blackburn. They now have a staff of over 200 around the country helping children who have been, you know, traumatised but mainly neglect and abuse, which it's, you know, and it's this double-edged sword thing is that, you know, it's great that they've had this growth, but it's a really sad indictment on our society that we need those that many people working with children who have been, you know, and they also do fabulous things like they do a training session for foster parents. And, you know, you always, my heart always sings whenever I do this conference because the work that they do and, you know, the team with the ACF are just such, a, you know, good souls and what, you know, and anything that, you know, we make out of this conference goes straight back into providing services, you know, for these kids. And, you know, that is something that just makes my, makes my heart sing. It's a beautiful reason to do what you do, isn't it, when you have those experiences? Oh, yeah, and, and the things you learn and, and you see and you just think, okay, my life isn't bad. These, there are some of these kids that are so horrifically traumatised. It's just, you know, it's just hideous. Yeah. 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 Um, great, to, uh, great to hear your story today, Sarah. And um, we ask all our guests, we offer all our guests to, uh, to give themselves a, a bit of a plug. So where can people find you? Best way to find me is icms.com.au. It's the best way. Or um, sarah at icms.com.au. And uh, what would be uh, a tip you'd give BNI members to uh, to achieve success in BNI in your uh, in your nine months? What have you learned? <laughs> you've got to lean in. You know, you've, you've got to get involved. And it really is, and the nice thing about a lot of the B&I values is they're not dissimilar to the values I've held all my life anyway. You know, you always treat people like you'd want to be treated. And, you know, you give first and, you know, the rewards of giving will come at some point later in the karma tree. Awesome. What a beautiful message. Thanks so much, Sarah. Pleasure. For being with us today. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Sarah. So, Brent, I just um, wanted to say that when you're sitting in, in a BNI meeting and you're looking at someone and you're thinking, "Oh, that's a new member," sometimes we forget how much that new member brings to the table. So, uh, Sarah has been a member for nine months, but she has 28 years' experience in events. Plus, you know, in a, in a business that's been family-owned for 50 years. And I just think that sometimes we, we, we need to look beyond the BNI membership duration and look at the amount of um, experience and knowledge and, and life experience that we have sitting in our room that we can draw on. You know, this is, is one of my bugbears, actually, you know, with, with some of our older members around the place. And I don't know if Sarah's actually experienced this, but, 
you know, sometimes when a new member comes in, the older members can be in a bit of a clique. They can be a bit of a closed shop. You know, if, you know, every new member that comes in, and Sarah's nodding here, every new member that comes in is a new opportunity. You don't know who they know. Yeah. And you don't know how much experience they've got that you can draw on. And, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes people just pay lip service to new members coming in. But if you can actually say, hey, you're brand new, I want to get to know you, you'll get to know me and we can start building a relationship. You've come as a part of my group. You can actually, you know, you can actually reap the benefits of learning off each other and, and, and those connections. And, um, you know, if you're paying lip service to people, it reminds me of a, of a great old story about a, um, a, a guy at a, at a networking event who was uh, networking with someone and, and he wanted to connect with uh, a lot of big companies around the place. And, and, uh, and he was speaking to a lady and found out the lady did gift baskets and uh, he sort of fobbed her off because, uh, you know, no way known, you know, he could connect, uh, she could connect him to who they wanted to meet. But little did he know if he had of actually uh, taken the time to get to know that person, um, she she had clients all over town, which some were some of the biggest companies already, and her father was the CEO of a uh, of a big company in town, which would have all would have been perfect connections for that for that person. But he was fobbed off because uh, she did gift baskets for people. So you never know who people know, and you never know, uh, you know, what knowledge they have. So you know, until you actually get to know those people and take the time, and uh, and connect with those people through a one to one, um, absolutely, uh, you know, you need to actually do it. So you know, top tip for today: old members, older members, members have been around for a while. The first thing you should be doing is getting your new members engaged for a one-to-one and getting to know them and so they can get to know you and become valuable referral partners. Yeah, and it rejuvenates all the members when you see a new member walk into the room too. And so sometimes those new members come in and they're working the BNI system better than the more established members because they've got more vigour, more energy, they understand their values are truly aligned and they're really clear on it. And um, I've had some great experiences with the launch chapters where we've had members rejoining BNI after having been out of the system for five years. And they come in and they are blown away at the fact that everything's online, it's more contemporised, the level of the training, and even coming now in via Zoom. And this is something that was really, um, that really drilled home to me just talking to Sarah. What's it going to look like on the other side of, of COVID? We don't know, but one thing that we can be absolutely certain of, and we are missing certainty, but one thing we can be certain of is that with all of this technology, the Zoom, the virtual events, and people like Sarah who can help us navigate through that, we can still do things that we need to do. We can still connect. We can still you know, make a big deal. Uh, we can still catch up with clients. We can still have events. Um, so if you haven't, reach out to Sarah and, uh, and have a meeting. Find out how uh, Sarah's services can help your business. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So... Um, yeah, another great story today on our um, on our podcast, V, and um, yeah, thanks to Sarah for sharing that. And so, what is your tip for this week, Brent? I think I've just gone through my my. I think I'll just stick to what I've what I've actually done. You know, talking to those, you know, look look out for those new members and engage with them, engage with them because you don't know who they know. Oh, I think I'll stick with that. I had something else, but I'll save that for next week. 
All right. Thank you. Thank you to Steve, our uh, podcast producer, ensuring everything's running smoothly. Thank you again to Sarah from ICMS uh, and icms.com.au. Make sure you reach out and have a one-to-one because uh, we are all going to need to make sure that we can do things virtually, even when we do get back face-to-face. And thank you, Brent. We'll see you same time next week. Thanks, mate.